Hey, Drew Dixon back with another Bible thump. Uh, let's, let's jump in. This is Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 31. His mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is another one of those passages in the Bible that would be easy to skip over because it's weird and it's strange and it um, maybe doesn't even sync with us uh, in our culture today because most Americans, most Westerners, like we don't think of family as that big of a deal, I think. Maybe at least not in the same sense that it was in Jesus' day, but Jesus' words here are really pretty... um, radical. And they challenged a lot of notions that people had in that that day and age. Um, Family was a big deal back then. Huge deal. And it is still for us today too. Like my family is super important to me. Like my kids, like there's nobody I'm more committed to, no more buddy I'm more devoted to. I often tell my kids things like, you know, there's nothing you could do, nothing you could do that would stop me from loving you. Like they could say they hate me. They could say they never want to see me again. I would still want a relationship with them. And we'll get to that because I think that's connected to what's going on here. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, like we have a different view of family. Like we didn't hang around with our families uh, or we don't hang around with our families the same way that we, that people did back then. I'll give you a couple examples. You probably have people in your family, maybe even your parents who you see maybe once, maybe twice a year, if that. Uh, some of you are listening to this, don't see your parents at all. Like you're estranged from them and you have been for a long time. Um, so I think we just have a different view of family today than we did back then. Back then, that sort of idea that you would move away to another city and rarely see your family, rarely see your parents, or children would rarely see uh, um really see their parents or parents would really see their children was kind of out of the question. Like you stayed in the same house and oftentimes your family unit, extended family unit, was the, also the family business. I mean, you had a craft, a trade that you did together as a family and it was expected that you would see it through. Um, there was no like jumping ship and moving to another city. That was really uncommon, especially in ancient Jewish um, culture. So when Jesus said to his disciples, here are my mother and my brothers, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Like that was a big deal. That was pretty radical. And for Jewish people in that day, a close, the close family bond was what they believed to be part of God's design for the world and for living. This was part of how you flourish as a human being. You're loyal to your family. You remember one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. And it's the first commandment with a promise that it would go well with you, right? Like this is a key to human flourishing is to stay close to your family, to be committed to them, to take care of them. And here we say, we see Jesus sort of saying, um, that's not exactly going to be how it works anymore. Not that we are free to dishonor our parents or to, um, not take care of them. I think that command still still is valid. It's totally valid that command on your father and mother. But he's gonna he's gonna transform things. He's gonna bring things to their fulfillment. Jesus is in the business of taking the Old Testament teaching and and showing it in a new light of bringing it to a new era of fulfillment. He is bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, and so the way God reigns perfectly 
and in peace and righteousness, he's going to bring that to bear on the world in which we live. And he does that by sort of redefining what it means to be a part of, of his family. But we've seen this in Mark already with Jesus' teaching on healing and healing on the Sabbath and saying things like your sins are forgiven. Jesus is in the business of challenging uh, widely held notions. He does it all the time. Jesus is willing to challenge the symbols that lay at the heart of our sense of identity and purpose. Um, we saw him do this with the Sabbath, with food laws, with, with all kinds of things. And by the way, remember, we saw last week that Jesus at this point in his ministry is kind of at odds with his family. We saw in Mark 3.21 that when his family heard about what he was doing and teaching, they set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. So Jesus' own family doesn't quite trust him. Um, despite what we've, you might have heard in the past about how uh, pious and, and holy Mary is, and there are many admirable qualities about Mary, um, and she has tremendous faith, and it's worthy of imitating. Um, it's also important to see at this juncture, uh, she doesn't really trust him and is embarrassed of him. They thought he, they th She thought he was crazy. And so Jesus makes things worse. He, he says, look, I have a different vision of vocation and a different mission, and it involves breaking uh, hallowed family ties. Uh, N.T. Wright says this, God is doing the unthinkable. He is starting a new family, a new holy people, and is doing so without regard to ordinary human family bonds. Um, so if we don't see what Jesus says in this passage as shocking, we haven't got the message. Um, because it is. Uh, think about how we slip back into thinking of ourselves um, and thinking of our place in the world. Um, like, we think of ourselves, uh, our identity is wrapped up so much in the groups that we hang out with and participate in, like Love Thy Nerd, but also um, our churches and um, various social causes that we really get behind. Um, our tribe, our group, our family, our club, our social class, whatever it is, our occupation. Um, but Jesus says, you want to be a part of what I'm doing? It's, a whole, it's on a whole different level. Followers of Jesus uh, are brought into a new eternal family. Like, like I said before, this is what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. It's, it's, the closest thing I can compare it to is that whole idea of like um, how I feel about my children or how, how you may feel about your children if you have them. Um, I would never stop loving them. And listen, anyone who follows Jesus is invited into that kind of relationship. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter what job you do. It doesn't matter how well you've done in life. Um, it doesn't matter whether you think you measure up to anyone else's standard. What matters is Jesus in a relationship with him. Um, and he says, those who do his will are his mother and his sisters and his brothers. That's really good news because it's not something I have to have the right pedigree for. Like I don't have to have this certain set of experiences or this certain, um, the, the certain level of achievements. Um, I'm invited and you are too, to be a part of what God is doing in the world, to be a part of his kingdom. Look, I want to be clear. Jesus is not here saying like, your mom and dad and brothers and sisters don't matter. You can 
um, betray them and abandon them and do whatever you want to them because I'm starting this new thing where uh, we have a new new family unit. That's not what he's saying. Like that command to honor your father and mother, that still stands. And following Jesus means caring for the people around us, right? Loving our neighbors, um, which means loving our parents and our and our children and our brothers and sisters. Like those are people God has placed in our lives to love and care for and serve and point to Jesus. And we should look for ways to do that. Um, but Jesus is saying here that there's a new way to measure where we stand with God. And it's our relationship uh, our relationship to Jesus. And it's this invitation to do the will of God. So you want to be Jesus' brother. You want to be his. his you want to be a part of his family. Uh, it's really simple. You want to participate in his kingdom. Do his will. Do the will of God. And I want to stop here and say, uh, let's talk a little bit about what the will of God is, because I think we misunderstand this a lot. A lot of times we think of the will of God for our lives in terms of like big decisions that we need to make. Like, is it God's will for me to take this job or to move to this city or to start this new hobby or uh, to date this person or marry that person? Or is it God's will for me to do this, that, or the other? We think of it in, in future terms. But God's will in the Bible, the way the Bible speaks of it, is much more of a present reality. It's the things that God desires and wants in the world. And it's the things that God desires and wants for us. So what does it mean to do God's will? It's to do the things we know he wants and desires us to do. And listen, like, you know that. You know God's will. God's will is not this mystery that you have to figure out. He's expressed it to us in many ways. I mean, think about what Jesus said when he was asked what the greatest commandment is. He says to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. So here's something I know to be God's will. It's for me to grow my love for for God, my love for Jesus, and my love for my neighbor. Um, I know it's God's will when my neighbor is suffering or hurting or, or in need to help them and to serve them and to help provide, uh, to give of what I have to help meet their needs. I know it's God's will for me to grow in humility. I know it's God's will for me to um, grow in kindness. I know it's God's will for me to show kindness to my children and to be patient to them. I know it's God's will for me to um, to share the good news about Jesus. How do I know these things are God's will for me? Because God's made it clear. He's told it, told me that that's his will for me. I know it's God's will for me to do work, to work a job, and to do work that helps other people and benefits the world and makes the world a better place in small way and by, in some small way. And by the way, your job probably does make the world better on some level in some way. And so doing that job with excellence and doing it in a way that would honor God and honor other people, that's one of the ways you can do God's will. But God's will is not a mystery that you have to figure out. You know it. You want to participate in his kingdom? Just start doing those simple things that you know to be God's will. That's how we can participate in his kingdom. That's how we can participate in the purpose for which God designed the world. Um, we can reconnect to our design and to our Savior our written, our redeemer, by simply doing these things that he's asked us to. And we don't do this to earn his love. Like, you're his child. You belong to him. That's pretty radical and incredible. Like, you are a child of God. Um, we don't do it to earn his favor and love. We do it because we have his favor and love. And that's really good news. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week for next Bible Thump. <laughs>